Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea, and we are reading a lot of Jeremiah today. You surprise attacked me with the beginning. I did. <laughs> We're going. We're ready. We're going to do not this. not ready for this. All right, so... Chelsea, who's not ready, <laughs> what stood out to you from the reading today? Uh, honestly, what stood out to me is the very last couple of verses where there was hope for Israel. God tells Israel, or well, I guess it is Israel. I keep wanting to say Judah, but, you know, he says Israel. Yeah, he actually calls him um, Jacob yeah. at one point. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, the descendants of Jacob, basically. Yeah. Um, not to be afraid. I'm with you. I'll completely destroy the nations to which I've exiled you. So he's saying, I'm exiling you, but I will completely destroy these nations. Um, and the line, I will discipline you, but with justice, mm-hmm. uh, really stood out to me. Um, this whole story, I love these little stories. So Jeremiah decides or is told, first of all, he's told to take this cup of the Lord's anger, which I think is a great coffee brand. <laughs> like, how about a cup of Lord's anger? It's like a, it's like a stiff dark roast or something. <laughs> Bitter like a, notes. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter notes. I like that. Yeah. Like, can I have a grande Lord's anger? Yes, Egypt. That's on its way. That's basically what happens here. Um, so Jeremiah, after he goes around with this cup of anger, and we did discuss a little bit, is this actual cup? I don't know. Yeah. Did he actually go to all these kings and say, hey, drink this cup? And they were like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. It seems like not in the line of what kings would yeah, do. Exactly. Hello, person I've never met. Yes, I would love to drink that. I heard it has strong notes. Um, so then we get this story where Jeremiah is moved to write down all the prophecies that he's received. Like every message he's heard from God, he's supposed to write it down. Um, he writes it all down. It takes a while. It actually takes about a year because at one point it says in the fourth year of, of, uh, Jehoiakim's reign. And then at the next point it says in the fifth year of Jehoiakim's reign. Good catch. So it, it takes a bit. Um, and then he sends Baruch to proclaim this. It's interesting that he's going to proclaim things in the temple again, because that did not go well for him the last time. <laughs> I like Baruch. Just a side note. Poor Baruch. I mean, he's like the secretary of Jeremiah. Yeah. So he has to do all like the grunt work. I yeah. don't know. What a good guy. He's like a ministry assistant. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not an admin. He's more of a ministry, <laughs> a ministry assistant. assistant. Yeah. So <laughs> he goes out, he reads it. The royal officials, the palace is very close to the temple. So the royal officials hear this. They're like, hey, you need to come down and read this. We're having like kind of a a cabinet meeting of important people and they hear him read it and they're like, okay, you should hide. This is not good. (laughs) And so the King is just like chilling in his winterized secret compartment. And he starts to hear this prophecy and like every third or fourth paragraph, he just slices it off and throws it in the fire. (laughs) Yeah, He's not happy. So Jehoiakim does not (laughs) seem um, open to what the Lord is saying. (laughs) What's interesting to me is that we get another, and you guys might be tired of hearing this from me, but I think it's important to point out every time Jeremiah 36, basically God is saying like, hey, take this message to the people because it's possible that they'll hear this message. This is 36 verse 3. Perhaps the people of Judah will repent when they hear again all the terrible things I have planned for him. Then I will be able to forgive their sins and wrongdoings. God loves to forgive sin. I think it is important that we point it out every single time. Because when it comes to apologetics and defending your faith, and you come across people who are like, what about the God of the Old Testament? You can always point back to this and be like, oh, the gracious God of the Old Testament? <laughs> First <laughs> pause. First pause and say, I don't know that God. There is no God of the Old Testament. Yeah. I'm just talking about those 
Never mind. <laughs> and then say, yes, he's also God of the New Testament. Yes. He didn't change it all. Right. And then say, he's very gracious consistently. Yeah, he always gives them a chance. He has always. A lot of strong language, often in terms of like corrections. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, but if you turn from your sin, I will protect you and I will forgive sin you. That is destroying people. It's not just like, hey, you didn't do the sacrifice right. It's like they're taking advantage. All these things that we and our culture hates today, taking advantage of people, the poor, the marginalized, these people that need defense. Um, It's so interesting to me how we can point back to this time and look at our time today and say, this is exactly the God that you want, the God that loves people. That's the God of justice. Yeah, exactly. So good for you for pointing it out. We should keep doing that. <laughs> so it is important to note, here it is again, where God's saying like, hey, tell them what's going to happen, and maybe they'll hear you, and maybe they'll turn from their sin. There are some royal officials who think they should turn from their sin, but they're overwhelmed by the king who's like, no, we're not doing that. Right. The king is a puppet king of Egypt. Yes. Jehoiakim is appointed by King Nico. Right. Judah is Pharaoh a vassal Nico. state of Egypt at this Ooh, point. fancy. I like that word. Uh, And it's important because (laughs) in this narrative, a judgment for Egypt is coming. And I think that probably King King Jehoiakim would have heard some of these pronouncements against Egypt. And he doesn't hear this as like, oh, that's for Egypt. Right. It's like, it's for us too. And also, that's my boss you're talking about. Yes. (laughs) Which he might have been scared too. Yeah. He's very much just a puppet of the Pharaoh. Exactly. And so we enter into this time in history. It's already been happening, but we start to see it happen very clearly where you have Babylon mm-hmm. starting to attack Egypt. E- Israel is What's caught. The movie? Is there a movie about this? About Babylon and Egypt? I don't know. <laughs> I just like to talk about 300, but like that's something different maybe. entirely. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. Um, Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So the Babylonians fight the Egyptians. And what's important to recognize geography, like as far as geography is concerned, Israel yeah. is caught in the middle. Right. So a lot of these roving armies are going to be crossing mm-hmm. Israel. Which is why, which is why Josiah was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go fight you." Egypt. Yeah, bad decision. Yeah, bad decision. <laughs> so it's a it's a historical time of shifting kingdoms, um, and basically what the text is telling us it's a historical time of shifting kingdoms because God is very active at rising and falling all these nations. Yeah, um, something interesting to note. We're gonna get into it. I think tomorrow, but yeah. this is around the time that Daniel gets captured. Here comes Daniel. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, Here it comes is. Daniel, it is. Yeah. Another reason that reading it all in context is very kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny. Uh, I always tell the kids. Never mind. (laughs) Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. Bedtime. What a pastor joke. Very cheesy. Don't don't tell anybody. To bed we go. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) On that note, hey, I hope you're enjoying God's whole story. We've actually shared a couple cheesy jokes. We're probably over the limit. Yeah. Um, so we'll get back to the Bible <laughs> tomorrow. to wrap it up tomorrow. Honestly. <laughs> All right. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Jeremiah 25, starting in verse 15. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel said to me. Take from my hand this cup filled to the brim with my anger and make it all the nations whom I send you drink from it. When they drink from it, they will stagger crazed by the warfare I will send against them. So I took the cup of anger from the Lord and made all the nations drink from it. Every nation to which the Lord sent me. I went to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah and their kings and officials drank from the cup. From that day until this, they have been a desolate ruin, an object of horror, contempt and cursing. 
I gave the cup to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his attendants, his officials, all his people, along with all the foreigners living in the land. I also gave it to the kings of the land of Uz and the kings of the Philistine cities of Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and all that remains of Ashdod. Then I gave the cup to the nations of Edom, Moab, and Ammon, and the kings of Tyre and Sidon, and the kings of the regions across the sea. I gave it to Dedan, Tima, and Buz, and to the people who live in the distant places. I gave it to the kings of Arabia, the kings of the nomadic tribes in the desert, and to the kings of Zimri, Elam, and Media. And I gave it to the kings of the northern countries, far and near, one after the other, all the kingdoms of the world. And finally, the king of Babylon himself drank from the cup of the Lord's anger. Then the Lord said to me, Now tell them, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Drink from this cup of my anger. Get drunk and vomit. Fall to rise no more. For I am sending terrible wars against you. And if they refuse to accept the cup, tell them. The Lord of heaven's army says, You have no choice but to drink from it. I have begun to punish Jerusalem, the city that bears my name. Now should I let you go unpunished? No, you will not escape disaster. I will call for war against all nations of the earth. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now prophesy all these things and say to them, The Lord will roar against his own land. From his holy dwelling in heaven, he will shout like those who tread grapes. He will shout against everyone on earth. His cry of judgment will reach the ends of the earth. For the Lord will bring his case against all the nations. He will judge all the people of the earth, slaughtering the wicked with the sword. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look, disaster will fall upon every nation after nation. A great whirlwind of fury is rising from the most distant corners of the earth. In that day, those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the ground like manure. Weep and moan, you evil shepherds. Roll in the dust, you leaders of the flock. The time of your slaughter has arrived. You will fall and shatter like a fragile vase. You will find no place to hide. There will be no way to escape. Listen to the frantic cries of the shepherds. The leaders of the flock are wailing in despair. For the Lord is ruining their pastures. Peaceful meadows will be turned into a wasteland by the Lord's fierce anger. He has left his den like a strong lion seeking its prey, and their land will be made desolate by the sword of the enemy and the Lord's fierce anger. Jeremiah 36, starting in verse 1. During the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king in Judah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Get a scroll and write down all my messages against Israel, Judah, and all other nations. Begin with the first message back in the days of Josiah, and write down every message right up to the present time. Perhaps the people of Judah will repent when they hear again of the terrible things that I have planned for them. Then I will be able to forgive their sins and wrongdoings. So Jeremiah sent for Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated all the prophecies that the Lord had given him, Baruch wrote them on a scroll. Then Jeremiah said to Baruch, I am a prisoner here and unable to go to the temple. So you go to the temple on the next day of fasting and read the messages from the Lord that I have had you write on this scroll. Read them so people who are there from all over Judah will hear them. Perhaps even yet they will turn from their evil ways and ask the Lord's forgiveness before it's too late, for the Lord has threatened them with his terrible anger. Baruch did as Jeremiah told him and read these messages from the Lord to the people at the temple. He did this on a day of sacred fasting held in late autumn, during the fifth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. People from all over Judah had come to Jerusalem to attend the services at the temple on that day. 
Baruch read Jeremiah's words on the scroll to all the people. He stood in front of the temple room of Gemariah, son of Sephan, the secretary. This room was just off the upper courtyard of the temple near the new gate entrance. When Micaiah, son of Jeremiah, and grandson of Sephim, heard the message from the Lord, he went down to the secretary's room in the palace where the administrative officials were meeting. Elishama, the secretary, was there, along with Deliah, son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, son of Akbor, Gamariah, son of Saphan, Zedekiah, son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. When Micaiah told them about the messages Baruch was reading to the people, the officials sent Jehudi, son of Nathaniah, grandson of Shelemiah, and great-grandson of Cushi, to ask Baruch to come and read the messages to them too. So Baruch took the scroll and went to them. Sit down and read the scroll to us, the officials said, and Baruch did as they requested. When they heard all the messages, they looked at one another in alarm. We must tell the king what we have heard, they said to Baruch. But first, tell us how you got these messages. Did you come directly from Jeremiah? So Baruch explained, Jeremiah dictated them, and I wrote them down in ink, word for word, on this scroll. You and Jeremiah should both hide, the officials told Baruch. Don't tell anyone where you are. Then the officials left the scroll for safekeeping in the room of Elishama, the secretary, and went to tell the king what had happened. The king sent Jehudi to get the scroll. Jehudi brought it to Elishama's room and read it to the king as the officials stood by. It was late autumn, and the king was in a winterized part of the palace, sitting in front of a fire to keep warm. Each time Jehudi finished reading three or four columns, the king took a knife and cut off that section of the scroll. He then threw it in the fire, section by section, until the whole scroll was burned up. Neither the king nor his attendants showed any signs of fear or repentance at what they heard. Even when Elnethan, Deliah, and Gemariah begged the king not to burn the scroll, he wouldn't listen. Then the king commanded his son Jeremiel, Sariah, son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, son of Abdiel, to arrest Baruch and Jeremiah, but the Lord had hidden them. After the king had burned the scroll on which Baruch had written Jeremiah's words, the Lord gave Jeremiah another message. He said, Get another scroll and write everything again just as you did on the scroll of Jing King Jehoiakim burned. Then say to the king, This is what the Lord says. You burned the scroll because it said the king of Babylon would destroy this land and empty its people and animals. Now this is what the Lord says about King Jehoiakim of Judah. He will have no heirs to sit on the throne of David. His dead body will be thrown out to lie unburied, exposed to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will punish him and his family and his attendants for their sins. I will pour out on them and all the people of Jerusalem and Judah all the disasters I have promised, for they would not listen to my warnings." So Jeremiah took another scroll and dictated again to his secretary, Baruch. He wrote everything that had been on the scroll King Jehoiakim had burned in the fire. Only this time, he added much more. The prophet Jeremiah gave a message to Baruch, son of Neriah, in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. After Baruch had written down everything Jeremiah had dictated to him, he said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Baruch. You have said, I am overwhelmed with the trouble. Haven't I had enough pain already? And now the Lord has added more. I'm worn out from sighing and can find no rest. Baruch, this is what the Lord says. I will destroy this nation that I built. I will uproot what I planted. Are you seeking great things for yourself? Don't do it. I will bring great disaster upon all these people, but I will give your life as a reward wherever you go. I, the Lord, have spoken. The following messages were given to Jeremiah the prophet from the Lord concerning foreign nations. 
This message concerning Egypt was given in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, the king of Judah. On the occasion the battle of Carchemish, where Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, and his army were defeated beside the Euphrates River by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Prepare your shields and advance into battle. Harness the horses and mount the stallions. Take your positions, put on your helmets, sharpen your spears, and prepare your armor. But what do I see? The Egyptian army flees in terror. The bravest of its fighting men run without backward glance. They are terrorized at every turn, says the Lord. The swiftest runners cannot flee. The mightiest warriors cannot escape. But the Euphrates River to all the north, they stumble and fall. Who is this, rising like the Nile at flood time, overflowing all the land? It's the Egyptian army, overflowing all the land, boasting that it will cover the earth like a flood, destroying cities and their people. Charge, you horses and chariots. Attack, you mighty warriors of Egypt. Come, all you allies from Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia, who are skilled with the shield and bow. For this is the day of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, a day of vengeance on his enemies. The sword will devour until it is satisfied, yes, until it's drunk with your blood. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will receive a sacrifice today in the north country beside the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead to get medicine, O virgin daughter of Egypt. But your many treatments will bring you no healing. The nations have heard your shame. The earth is filled with your cries of despair. Your mightiest warriors will run into each other and fall down together. Then the Lord gave the prophet Jeremiah this message about King Nebuchadnezzar's plans to attack Egypt. Shout it out in Egypt. Publish it in the cities of Migdal, Memphis, and Taphanes. Mobilize for battle. For the sword will devour everyone around you. Why have your warriors fallen? They cannot stand, for the Lord has knocked them down. They stumble and fall over each other, and say among themselves, Come, let's go back to our people, to the land of our birth. Let's get away from the sword of the enemy. They will say, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a loudmouth who missed his opportunity. As surely as I live, says the king, whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies, one is coming against Egypt, who is as tall as Mount Tabor, or as Mount Carmel by the sea. Pack up, get ready to leave for exile, you citizens of Egypt. The city of Memphis will be destroyed without a single inhabitant. Egypt is as sleek as a beautiful heifer, but as a, but a horsefly from the north is on its way. Egypt's mercenaries have become like fattened calves. They too will turn and run, for it is a day of great disaster for Egypt, a time of great punishment. Egypt flees, silent as a serpent gliding away. The invading army marches in. They come against her with axes like woodsmen. They will cut down her people like trees, says the Lord, for they are more numerous than locusts. Egypt will be humiliated. She will be handed over to the people from the north. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will punish Ammon, the god of Thebes, and all other gods of Egypt. I will punish its rulers and Pharaoh too, and all those who trust in him. I will hand them over to those who want them killed, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his army. But afterward, the land will recover from the ravages of war. I, the Lord, have spoken. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel. For I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from their exile. Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, for I am with you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations to which I have exiled you, but I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but with justice. I cannot let you go unpunished.
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.